Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. back nature nerds it's megan i'm here sitting across from my co-host jen hello we'll be telling our story today that's right i sure very will exciting. very mm-hmm. happy to be here i think the only thing we have to remind everybody about is to send in your peace corps stories or if you have friends who are in peace corps get them to send in their stories we've gotten a few so far that are pretty good they're really good yeah pretty i can't funny. wait that's yeah. gonna be fun i'm still um hoping to get some artwork or some ideas for the biophilia t-shirt design and we're gonna do a free t-shirt if you i guess contribute to that well if you contribute and we choose your and art. we choose it yeah biophilia megan yeah do you have some science news for us today i do have some science news i thought so and I i'm have, so excited i have like a couple things okay um uh, they're gonna be really quick though okay because i know that you have a lot of pages of notes today i that is what i know about you today. don't even want to know there's just it's so gonna be a three hour episode so it's, it's all like single space <laughs> Just 0.5 space. Yeah. All right. So the first one I have, I saw this last week. It popped up on a Facebook group. So I'm getting my news from Facebook. So warning. Excellent. It totally caught my attention. February 3rd, 2022. The title is Wandering Hen Taken Into Custody at Pentagon Security (gasps) Area. Are you like a chicken hen? A chicken. A Rhode Island Red was Mm -hmm. wandering around, got caught sneaking around a security area. (laughs) In the Pentagon, like not even on the outside of the Pentagon, like inside the Pentagon. Was she really sneaking around? Espionage. <laughs> that was amazing. So I think she was just like, you guys got any corn? <laughs> <laughs> Is there corn in here? <laughs> yeah, so this loose hen was found early Monday morning near the U.S. Department of Defense headquarters. The Animal Wel- Welfare League of Arlington, Virginia came and got the chicken, took it, quote unquote, into custody. She got arrested. Chelsea Jones, a spokesperson for the organization, said in an email that she couldn't reveal the precise location that the bird was spotted because it's, it's like a security. Top secret. It's top yeah. secret. What if it's like some robot chicken that the government is like putting together? You know what I mean? It's like some Russian spy. They're using chickens now because they just seem so docile. And you also get eggs. Win-win. They say it's unclear where the chicken came from or how she got into the uh, Pentagon. And apparently Jimmy Fallon made a funny song about it, but they named the chicken Henny Penny. That's cute. Isn't Henny Penny from Oh, the Sky is Falling? Chicken Little? Might be. Yeah, yeah. That's why it sounds familiar. Well, they need to disclose where she's at so we know she's okay. Well, I guess she's with the animal welfare group in Virginia. I don't know if they, you know, are just keeping her or if they've already taken her to a farm. She looks real floofy. I'm going to show you a picture because she I know... She needs to go lay some... Oh my God, she's so cute. She's adorable. I love her. So Jen, did you send chickens to the Pentagon? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I put them on a military flight. It reminds me of that movie my kids watched with Will Smith and he becomes a pigeon, but he's a spy. Oh my God, I love that movie. What movie? What is it Isn't called? Isn't it called I Spy or something like that? Or Spies in Disguise? Okay, maybe that's it. Yeah. And you almost like his character as the pigeon. Better. Better. Yeah. When he becomes a dude again, you're like, eh. That movie was based on fact. But chickens. The other thing I wanted to just mention, we had put this in one of our stories, but we got contacted by a New Zealand listener, Blake. Hi, Blake. With the mullet? Yeah, with the mullet. They sent us this uh, video of a Kia. It's a bird, a parrot in Mm -hmm. New Zealand that came and 
stole a GoPro and then flies around. You guys have to go check it out. It's so freaking amazing and it makes me laugh. So I thought I would just mention that. What did he call him? Like a cheeky... Um... Once he was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm New Zealand. I just read every message like in New Zealand speak. Uh, I can safely add that this is a Kia and they are cheeky little buggers. Full klepto. That's amazing. Which I've always spelled klepto with a K, but I don't know which one is right. I think it's with a C. Well, then I'm very wrong. But it makes me want to get a freaking GoPro and just leave it out. I mean, I don't know what birds would take it here. None. <laughs> just migratory birds. They just take it all the way back to Alaska. A chicken. Yeah, a chicken. Well, the, get some freaking GoPros for your chickens, Jen. It would be the most boring. <laughs> it's just videos of you walking up to <laughs> feed your chickens. Corn. <laughs> Hey girls, how are you doing? We love you. I love when you're on the phone with me and you're walking up there and I can hear them reacting to you getting closer. Yeah, they get super excited. They're so happy. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Thank you for that. Some bird science newsies. Um, like happy. Fun. There's a lot of downer science newsies. Last week, yours was kind of a downer. Yeah. Usually I see stuff like that and I save it somewhere and I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> and then I forget where I save it. And then we have our you know time to record. And I'm like, oh, there was this thing, but I don't even remember what it was about because you know brain fog i like saved it in my facebook i figured out how to find that good job i'm proud i am really excited to hear your story today your billion page story this all started with um in december we got an email from one of our listeners who is also on instagram her name is christina so shout out to Christina. christina this was her story idea so today megan and all of our friends and listeners out there we're gonna talk about the amazing octopus Sweet. So I remember hearing about this story because I lived in Seattle for a while, went to, you know, high school and during the the early times. The grunge time? I heard about this after I, I had already come back to Guam. This was in 2012. There was this 19-year-old kid named Dylan Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. He just started scuba diving, like he just got trained. And he was going around Puget Sound to learn how to scuba dive and check stuff out. So in October of 2012, he went out with one of his friends and he's really into like farming and harvesting his own food. He likes to hunt and all those things. One of those mornings, he went out and he found a giant Pacific octopus that was held up in its little den or area. And he proceeded to wrestle with it and punch it for an hour until he murdered it and then took it. This was in West Seattle at Alki Beach. And I used to live in West Seattle, so I kind of know, but I didn't dive there. When I lived there, I was so broke. There was no way I could have done anything. But Was he in the water? Yeah, he was at one of these like popular dive sites called Uh Cove 2. So he drags out this huge octopus and people see it and they're just like pissed. This particular octopus was 80 pounds. So really the octopus could have won. Yeah. But it didn't. People saw him carrying the octopus, putting it in his truck and they threatened to report him and they took a bunch of pictures and they posted on the internet and it was like, Everybody was outraged. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing is he had a permit and it was perfectly legal what he was doing. Oh. The way I see it is if it's legal to hunt bears in an area, but you go to a popular campsite and you shoot a bear that everybody knows of and then you just haul it out in front of everybody probably not going to get good feedback on that not going to get good feedback and yeah. i mean probably we should maybe look at something more benign than a bear but you know because octopus aren't going to just like murder you sure you know so <laughs> it's kind of like that people who love wildlife these divers they go and they love seeing these octopus they see them all the time yeah. and they want to watch them that's part of the reason they love diving mm-hmm. and here comes this freaking 19 year old and just 
punches punches the shit out of it for an hour and then takes it home to eat it. And everyone's like, Bleh! especially in Seattle. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what he did was totally legal. There are restaurants in the Northwest that serve octopus in the same species, the giant Pacific octopus. But the difference is, and this all kind of came up at, through this controversy, is that the chef who they kind of brought him in like, well, this guy serves octopus, the same one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hold up. I actually get bycatch, ones that are going to be thrown out anyway, Oh, which isn't so great. Is bycatch like if they're fishing for, for fish, something, else. something else and they happen to get an Right, like in, in Alaska or around there. So right. so he was actually taking ones already dead and would have been thrown out, which, yeah. eh, <laughs> but whatever. <That's> right. <laughs> but he wasn't going out and taking them, especially right. out of popular dive spots. He wasn't having an altercation. So people were so upset. Like he was getting death threats. Oh. We're going to kill you we're gonna kill your family like who are you don't ever dive again like we hate you environmentalists who give death threats i don't know why that (laughs) seems so much scarier to me that because you know they're really pissed like it's not even it's not even like they're trolling you online or whatever you know it's like someone trying to get a rise out of something it's like they might actually kill you because they're so angry yeah but it's also kind of like counterintuitive yeah that you love wildlife but yet you threaten to murder people and their family he made a bad choice that was a bad call it was a real bad move and so i think he realized it later at the time he was like i I have a permit this is legal i can get into a boxing match with this poor octopus it is pretty wild to think about how he fought with this 80 pound octopus and i think it was like it was really long with the tentacles i think it was like 12 feet it was big later on he ended up going to the washington fish and wildlife commission and apologizing and he apologized kind of publicly he's like i didn't know that spot i'm a new diver i didn't know everybody like loves this spot i'm just a kid i didn't know so all you adults threatening to murder me, can you please stop? <laughs> like, I screwed up. But at the same time, he's like, oh, I mean, it was legal and it was sustainable. I ate it. Turns out the next year on October 6th, Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife established octopus protection areas at a bunch of different dive sites, like popular dive sites around Puget Sound. And that one at Alki Beach, those coves one, two, and three were protected. So it was like, okay, we're not going to stop people from taking octopus, but don't murder them in front of all these people <laughs> are going there to like enjoy the wildlife there's probably people who go to that spot regularly and like maybe have named the octopus that are there right this is carl like probably people have been watching that particular octopus for years yeah well i mean they only live a few years yeah it was pretty good size i thought that was a good story to start with because it shows like two different sides sure people like my husband who Mm. just love to eat octopus he's an islander and he's like they're so tasty other people who find them fascinating and Mm. want to study them or see them in the wild I thought that was a good place to start. Now we're going to learn about octopus. First of all, is it multiple octopus are called octopus? Pusses or octopi? I have always thought it's octopi because it just sounds right and less dirty. <laughs> <laughs> or what about the James Bond movie, Octopussy? Just stop it. So, what, why? Unless people just love that I word. I mean, I think it's kind I mean, of funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's a funny, it's a pun. It's, yeah. it's funny. So anyway, there's three main plurals that have been used for octopus. I just want to clear it up for everybody. The oldest one that was used was octopi. And that was like coming from the belief of the like Latin origins of Mm -hmm. the word Latin endings. Octopuses is the next plural. And that's the English gives like the English ending, the ES. They also use like octopodes. If you think about the Greek 
octopodes. I can see it. But no, it's octopuses. Sorry, guys. And I keep finding it in places where they say octopi and I'm like, wrong. And I was doing my research and I was like, I want to write to the website and be like, that's not right. Um, Excuse me. I don't know if you know those. The correct plural for octopus is octopuses. Okay, bye bye. The octopus is a marine mollusk. Do you know what people who study mollusks are called? Molluscologist. Malacologist. Malacology. And I never knew that until I was reading this. That's kind of cool. So anyway, the octopus is a marine mollusk. It's a member of the class cephalopoda. Just like the squids. Yeah, commonly called a cephalopod. Last week, we talked a little bit about the neon flying squids. We even got a video from your friend. Oh, yeah. Christine's husband actually took his boat down to get squid. And she sent us videos of it because they were going to go swordfish fishing. Cephalopoda means head foot. It means like basically that the head and feet are merged. It'd be like your arms and your legs just coming straight out of your head. That's super creepy. <laughs> so it's kind of a creepy thought for humans. So they have a ring of eight equally long arms surrounding the head. Typically, they have really six arms and two legs. If you think about it, because a lot of them walk on the legs and use the arms for other stuff. The undersides of the arms are covered with suction cups that are sensitive to touch and taste. If they feel you, they can actually taste you. They can tell all the things about you. Like if they reach around and touch your arm, they'll be like, oh, this is Megan. Let's see. She's ate this for breakfast or had a cup of coffee or whatever. She has 8,000 cats. I'm allergic to cats. I'm never touching her again. (laughs) They have their sack-like body perched on top of the head. And they have these very complex, sensitive eyes that are very similar to ours. Oh. Camera eyes. Like they can focus? Their eyes are very similar to ours. Scientists are all like always baffled. Basically, there's a group of scientists that think they're aliens. I was going to say. I'll mention the paper that they talk about it. And their mouth is on the underside. They have a hard beak and they use it to pierce shells of crustaceans that they eat. They're super, super, super old. Just so you know, almost 300 million years ago, the fossils are that. It's pretty pretty hard to find fossils when you're like just a gloopity glop and you don't have any bones. That specimen that they're talking about that's actually 296 million years ago is on display at the Field Museum in Chicago if you ever wanted to see it. It's described as a flattened cow patty or a globular splat. (laughs) Globity gloop. Globity gloop. They have three functioning hearts. Two of the hearts, all they do is move blood to the gills. The third one pumps blood through the rest of the body. Instead of having iron-based blood, they have a copper-based. It's more efficient at transporting oxygen at Mm. low temperatures. So that's why their blood is blue. There's also two different kinds of octopus. I don't know if I'm saying this right to all of my cephalopod friends. Insurina and the serina. I-N-C-I-R-R-I-N-A and then without the I-N. So insurina octopus, they don't have any filament known as the ciri. And the serena has this like internal shell and they have two fins. So think of the little octopus in Finding Nemo. So like the ones that look like that. They look like a little dome. Yeah, versus the floppy one in Finding Dory. So one has nothing holding anything up. They're just like... Flopping around. Flopping around. And the other one has a little bit of this internal skeleton. There's 300 species of octopus. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see them separated by those two things. Okay. You follow? Tracking. Tracking. (laughs) (laughs) The Serena group have more exotic octopuses. They have, because they'll have the fins, they have the soft shell inside, filaments on their suckers, like little hairy things, and webbing between their arms. So it's like a skirt. They're solitary creatures for the most part and very good at camouflaging and concealing themselves. We know this. They're like 90% muscle. Since they don't have any bones or anything, they can just squish into tiny spaces. 
Their skin contains these cells called chromatophores. That's what helps them change colors and patterns. Also, they move around when they're not like walking on their feet. They use this like jet propulsion. So they suck water into their mantle cavity Mm -hmm. and then they like it out. (laughs) So (laughs) use their muscles to like jam it out through this little siphon. So they're like like a little like a little jet Mm -hmm. and that's how they move like that they're found all over the world in every ocean but you know there's 300 species so you're gonna find something most of them live around the reef Mm -hmm. areas like close to the shoreline but there's a bunch that are out in the open ocean like the kraken they like to eat crabs shrimps mollusks the tiny ones eat like plankton the range in size is crazy there's the giant pacific octopus they're on the pacific coast in u.s from california to alaska that's the one we talked about that the guy beat up and they're the largest octopus in the world they have an arm span that can reach 14 feet or four meters and they can weigh as much as 600 pounds the common octopus octopus vulgaris well it's just so common it's vulgar this is this vulgar species common octopus and they're also found in the u.s they're maybe more like three feet and then the red octopus found along the pacific coast is about 20 inches but they can also be found to be about an inch or smaller they are preyed upon by moray eels seals sperm whales sea otters also other birds and dolphins my nemesis I know. They use several different strategies to evade these predators. They can camouflage themselves. We just knew about that. The chromatophores that help them change their skin color and camouflage in different things and confuse their predators with that. And they can also escape really easily by squeezing into like little tiny areas and the jet propulsion taken off throughout the water. But they can also do their ink. And the ink can actually like physically harm. It doesn't just blind them or make it like confused. Mm. But it actually has this compound in it called tyrosinase, T-Y-R-O-S-I-N-A-S-E. Sure. In humans, helps control the production of the natural pigment melanin. But when it's sprayed into the eyes of a predator, it can cause irritation that can make them go blind. It can confuse them, but it messes with their smell and taste as well. It's like the mace of the marine world. Um, Magician, when they like throw down a smoke thing and then like disappear. (laughs) Yeah. But it causes like an irritation. There was this Nat Geo article from 2018, but this thing actually happened in 2015 that they found in Perth. Australia, there was a young male bottlenose dolphin. He was named Gilligan and he was found dead, washed up with a Maori octopus sticking out of his mouth. I guess what happens is these dolphins throw them around and like kill them. And sometimes the octopus will come down and like land on their face and like all alien style. (laughs) But they throw them around and try to break them up into pieces and usually will like bite off their head because they're super tasty and nutritious. And he swallowed the thing whole. And it wrapped around on his insides with its sucker and like suffocated him. Basically, he got lodged in his throat. The octopus is like, we're both going down, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, did the octopus kill it and then it died? They don't know like if the octopus was already dead because right. their suckers on their arms actually still can function. It's like their arms still have neurons firing. In. Right. It could have been dead, but it was still functioning. They did an autopsy and they found that this octopus that he tried to swallow whole was four feet long and weighed almost five pounds you don't want to get that stuck in your throat they're like he just wasn't so smart he's no professor (laughs) (laughs) he was the the millionaire (laughs) and his wife mostly when you read about octopus they talk about how smart they are how can an invertebrate be this smart we've all seen finding well i don't know i've seen finding nemo and finding dory both of those movies they do such a good job making it fun but kind of describing animals so well 
found this article by AZ Animals. I don't even know what that is. It's just a, you know, a site about a animals. Website. A website. <laughs> and they had a list of the 10 smartest animals. Octopus made the list at number six. Oh. I know. And they are obviously the only invertebrate on the list. What's number one? Is it a bird? Do you want to know who the others? Oh my God, I do. I want to know all the others. I don't know that I totally agree with it. Uh, I like that they put octopus on it. So that's why I mentioned it. Well, let's start with 10 and work our way down. I love it. 10 was rats. Makes sense. It's true. You can teach them a lot of stuff. Nine was pigeons. I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. Exactly. But apparently pigeons have self-awareness. Number eight was crows. Number seven, pigs. Okay. I agree with that. Number five, African gray parrots. Skipped over six. So from seven, six is, yeah, octopus. And then five was African gray parrots, which I guess of all the parrots, they're saying that's the smartest one. Number four, elephants. I love it. Three, chimpanzees. Number two, Megan. Humans. No. Dolphins. Dolphins. Bottlenose dolphins. Come on. I feel like orcas should be there. Orcas Mm -hmm. have just a PR problem. That's all it is. They have that mafia thing going. They do. They're smarter than dolphins. I'm sure of it. I'm pretty sure. They have more empathy, too. I think they're more emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Dolphins just evil. I mean, I disagree. Number one, I really love this one, orangutan. Oh, yeah. Why are octopus so smart? Two-thirds of an octopus neurons are in their arms and not in the head. That means the arms can problem-solve like how to open a shellfish. They can open containers. They can open childproof containers. I can't even open some childproof containers. <laughs> no, right. The arms can also re- be severed and grow back. And the arms that have been severed can react. In one experiment, which makes me sad, the severed arms jerked away in pain when researchers pinched them. They're also lined with these hundreds of suckers. And each of these suckers move independently. That's wild, huh? Yeah. And that's because of these complex bundles of neurons and that act as like a brain. So it's like they have hundreds of millions of little tiny brains. Yes. They also can develop opinions about people. Like they can decide like, I like, I mean, I like you and I don't like that person, which makes me love that. What? There's something I really love about that. <laughs> They're judgy. <laughs> They're judgy They're bitches ju- like us. Judgy bitches. <laughs> So one octopus noted had routinely squirted water down the back of its keeper, the one that it didn't like, and then shot a a jet of water at a light switch to cause like things to go on and off. When they're very first hatched, the parents aren't there anymore. So when they hatch, they can already eat little foods, copepods, larval crabs, or sea stars. So basically when they're born, they can do all the things. Which is pretty cool. Like a megapode. Speaking of alien theory that yes. you brought up earlier. So there was a paper published in March of 2018 in the journal Progress in Biophysics and Molecular Biology. It was called Cause of Cambrian Explosion, Terrestrial or Cosmic. So there was like 30 plus authors that basically said that octopus were aliens. From a different planet that crash landed here? Mm-hmm. During that Cambrian explosion, not only did it wipe out dinosaurs, but it brought, because there was all these like asteroids landing that they maybe carried something that landed here some sort of genetic material that created an octopus if you look at evolution and everything we know about it over the years there's no way that these things could have been created because we separated when we were all flatworms what if uh you did your ancestry right (laughs) it just went all the way back to flatworms that would be amazing this is your great (laughs) times 10 to the hundredth power hundred millionth power yeah and you just have like a picture of like a flatworm you're like that's my great 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 just in frames (laughs) in your room this is our family tree That would be a lot of frames. And then there's people that are like, nah, bro. That's not, that's not how it happened. Sorry. Mm, 
not buying it. Because they're like, how can this really intelligent creature who lives in the ocean, who is an invertebrate, be so smart, have eyes similar to ours? Like, how did they evolve this stuff separately, completely separate from us? So there's this other article from 2017 in The Guardian interviewing this Australian philosopher, Peter Godfrey Smith. And he's also like an octopus biologist or maybe became one. Malacologist. A malacologist. He was just like so fascinated by them and he wanted to understand. His question was, how can they be so smart and actually only live like a short time? Because most of them only live for like a year up to like maybe three, four years tops. He was looking at it as the last common answer ancestor we had with them, like I said, was 600 million years ago. Somewhere along the line, they developed all these similarities to us, but completely independently. It just doesn't make sense. This is a quote from him. He said, a camera eye with a lens that focuses an image on a retina. We've got it. They've got it. That it was arrived at twice in such vastly different animals gives us pause for thought about the process of evolution, as does their inexplicably short lifespans. Most species of cephalopods only live one to two years, but actually some live a little longer. Mm. But anyway, he's just like, this is the biggest paradox presented by an animal that has all these contradictions really big brain really short life he's like it doesn't give a good return on investment it's like spending a lot of time and money to get a phd knowing you only have two years to use it well they just want to be called doctor Like, I needed that. Sorry, I was having this, like, morbid thought that somehow (laughs) octopuses go into the homes of people and just steal eyeballs, plop them in the other little suckers. Like, bad sci-fi movie right there. So one of the things he thought about is that the octopus's brain needs to be powerful because it has to handle this crazy, unwieldy body. In the same way, he says that a computer would need a state-of-the-art processor to perform a large volume of complex tasks. It doesn't really account for their flair. <laughs> like two suspenders. So because they're playful. Right. So there's this other video I was watching. This was a BBC video. It's pretty good. Where this guy got a pill bottle and left just enough air in it so it just kind of like float on the top. The octopus would play with it. He would like pull it in and then shoot it out. And it would go across and come back and he would like have two of them going at one time. It was nothing more than just playing. That was kind of where they came up with that. Like, this doesn't make sense to us. So therefore... Aliens. And when you think about some of the alien movies, they are very like cephalopod-like. And then we eat them. I'm not worried about their aliens. I just feel like they're so smart. But so are a lot of animals and people eat them. All right, so here's some famous octopus that are super smart. I'm going to give a couple of examples. There is a giant Pacific octopus at the Seattle Aquarium named Billy. They could have come up with a better name. I know, right? This is the one that figured out the childproof jar. So they gave it to Billy. I guess there was maybe some snacks or something. I don't know what was in there. There's no way they can be like, okay, this is how you do it. You know, they just gave it to her and we're like, okay, let's see what happened. So on her first try, she was able to figure out the trick in 55 minutes. But after a little practice, she could get to her treat inside in about five minutes or less. This one you'll like. This is from Italy. An Italian octopus. Talaro octopus. So it says one town in Italy had a very special reason to celebrate the octopus because there was a local legend that some 350 years ago, a giant octopus saved the town from pirates. Amazing. So villagers in the, it was like a coastal town. They were having a local celebration and this band of marauders, who doesn't love the word marauder? marauder. They were approaching at night. By sea. Still. And there was a local octopus. Maybe they knew the octopus. They're like, this is an octopus. <laughs> and they, I guess it was like a giant octopus. And it reached one giant arm up out of the bay. And it rang the church bell. 
What? That's what they said. And it alerted all the humans who resided in that village. The town honors this octopus with all this public art. So you probably can go see it. And they have to have a lot of octopus stuff in that town. It doesn't say what town it is. I love that so much. Kind of more of like a legend. So this one is more recent and more real. The Island Bay Marine Education Center. And this is in New Zealand. And this is Ozzy the octopus. And he recently set the speed record for opening a jar under a minute flat. It wasn't a childproof jar, but it was, a, I think, a regular jar. Maybe they would give them to different octopus to see how quickly they could open these jars. And yeah. this particular one, Ozzy, was able to do it in under a minute. This is another one from 2011 at the Seattle Aquarium. And I did read a little bit about this. They kept having these little dogfish sharks show up dead. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they installed some video cameras around the tank to see what was going on. And then they saw this giant Pacific octopus attacking them, strangling them, and then dragging them away. It's a serial killer. When you put intelligent creatures into, you know, like dolphins and orcas and stuff that they need to swim and do a lot of things. But even for an octopus being as intelligent as they are, they might just get bored and be like, I'm just going to start murdering. These freaking dogfish sharks are really getting under my skin. This is the last one that I'm going to tell you about because it is just so crazy. It's a common octopus that lived at a German aquarium. He was able to correctly predict the outcome of all of Germany's seven matches in the 2010 FIFA World Cup. His name was Paul, even the winner of the final match between Spain and the Netherlands. So before each match, mm. the keepers would present him with two clear plastic containers, each box bearing the flag and it would have like the flag of whichever team in it. Also, they would put like a little muscle in there. So like something yummy. They would see which of the box he would pick. And each time he picked the correct one, which was the winner of the next game. At night, he's like turning on the TV, like watching game footage. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wild. Different species to talk about. So the largest one we kind of talked about was the giant Pacific octopus. The largest one, I know I said 600 pounds, but that was the largest one that was ever found. It was 30 feet across and weighed 600 pounds. Typically on average, they're about 16 feet and 110 pounds. They only live about four years. Um, both male and females, they die soon after breeding, which happens with all of them. The females will live long enough to take care of the eggs just to make sure they don't get killed during mm -hmm. the brooding period. And then after they hatch, they, they peace out. These guys are able to camouflage. They basically can blend in with other corals and plants and rocks. They always hunt at night and they like shrimp, clams, lobsters, and fish. The one thing that I found kind of like generally across all of these, scientists don't have any population numbers. I know people are looking. None of them are listed on any like endangered or vulnerable list because they just don't have enough information. Like they're too Heidi introverts. They're too difficult to find, but they do know that in general, they're sensitive to pollution. So I kind of rank these from the biggest, smallest, coolest, weirdest. I like it. Superlatives. So the coolest one, in my opinion, is the mimic octopus. This is the one that Hank, the octopus from Finding Dory is. He was a mimic octopus. Oh. So you know, he could change all like yeah. these different things. So they were actually actually only discovered in 1998 off the coast of Sulawesi, the coast of Indonesia. We already talked about Sulawesi when we talked about the volcanoes. And most of the sightings have come from that country, but they've been found as far as the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. They are kind of small. They're only about two feet 
including the arms, and they're skinny, like maybe like pencil skinny. Based on what scuba divers have witnessed over the years, they can change to look like anemones, stingrays, mantis shrimp, jellyfish, crocodile snake eels, seahorses, feather stars, nudibranchs, brittle stars, sponges, tube worms, colonial tunicates, the venomous sea snake, and lionfish. I mean, you can be like, that's cool that they know how to look like all these things. But how do they know which thing to look like for which predator? Aliens. (laughs) They only live for about nine months. But how do they know all that stuff? The males have a specialized arm that they call a hectocotylus. And it's their sex arm. Oh. Like how the squid just like handed over spermatophores. It's like a little packet of sperm. And the female takes it, deposits it in her mantle the most boring kind of sex ever just like here (laughs) so after they finish uh mating his hectocotylus falls off (laughs) his sex arm just falls off i have so many inappropriate jokes for that that's well it's like the bees right the male bees it's similar So, and then he dies. It's just a real sad ending. It's not an exciting sexual experience. Here's my sperm, and it falls off, and then they're like, "Eh." little X's over their eyes. The female, same thing, like, watches over her eggs. When they hatch, she pieces out to octopus heaven. The babies come out, and they're like, clunk, 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 and they know what to do. And they go around mimicking things. Hear me out. Octopus are actually just one individual for to however many millions of years, mm-hmm. one consciousness spread out over spread all out of them. over yeah, like a hive mind or aliens. Still going with aliens, are you? They're born and then they just download it from the alien server. You know that philosopher said they were kind of like computers that they have to have this big brain to manage all this crazy stuff. Well, yeah, when you think about that, like how do they know what to mimic? How do they know that? The smallest octopus is called a star sucker pygmy octopus or octopus wolfi. It lives in the shallow waters in the Pacific Ocean, but it's easy to miss, obviously, because it's super small. It only measures a little around one inch when they're fully grown. They only weigh about one gram. So if you wanted to think about in your mind how small that is, they say it's equivalent to two micro SD cards. Those little memory cards, the tiny part that using your cell phone. So imagine two of those sitting in the palm of your hand. And that's about the size of the largest of those octopus. So you would barely notice it. The octopus, that that particular one, and they call it the wolf-eye octopus as well. I've seen it both ways. Are thriving and successful. They're widely distributed. Maybe because they're so small. I wonder how many people have inadvertently drank when they drink seawater. <laughs> Just drank an octopus. Better this one than other ones. This is like one of the only ones that can lay several clutches of eggs. It can lay like two or three that's been fertilized by sperm from the sperm packet. That poor dead guy with his sperm arm gave away it's just like goodbye sweet world but most octopus species can't they can only lay one clutch and then they die but these guys can lay a few maybe that's why they're doing so well because i bet a lot of things eat them so the cutest octopus this is a tie i had to put both in there is the dumbo octopus and the flapjack octopus those are fun names the flapjack octopus that's the one that pearl and finding nemo was there's this american marine zoologist and malacologist named s stillman berry that discovered these little flapjack octopus they're one of seven of the genus and that's great thank you opus <laughs> Apisthesis. Look it up. Apisthesis. 
Epistotheathis. Try saying that five times. Man, that's a lot of THs. It's a lot. Word. They do have little ears. Oh, they're so cute. They're also known as flapjack devilfishes. I don't know why. This I is weird. It. They did consider naming it Adorabilis. I would love to have that as my name. Adorabilis. Like, just little dorps. Apparently, the reason they called them this is because when they're hiding or whatever they're doing, they can flatten themselves out to very thin like resembling a pancake or a flapjack. Their species has been rarely observed. Apparently, it remains very understudied, like I think most of these. Yeah. So there's no uh, no estimation of the population. They're small, like 20 centimeters, and they only weigh up to 30 grams, and they live one and a half to two and a half years. And they're of that Serena group. They were discovered in 1949. So the other one, the Dumbo octopus, is super cute. I mean, Dumbo, come on. Because it has these two fins that come out from like its head. That's why they call it the Dumbo octopus. It's from a different genus. Grimpotithis? Grimpotithis. Tithis. There you go. Grimpotithis. Killing it. And they can grow up to 12 inches and weigh about two pounds. So they're a little bigger. But that would be so cute, you right? Just carry it around with you? Just like your little own little like blob. It's just like a little gobbly gloop. They were discovered in 1884, also part of the Serena. They're kind of everywhere. North, South Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean. That's kind of everywhere, right? All the places. All the places. You're not probably going to find them because they like to be out in the deep waters or open waters. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be like around the shoreline. They've been found in depths of 13,000 feet. That's like trench level. And so when I first read about these Dumbo octopus, I thought it was the one from Finding Nemo. Because they have that same little ear things. They look, they're the same shape, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're super cute. But they actually don't have an ink sac, which I was like, hmm. It says Dumbo octopuses lack the ink sacs of in Serena octopuses. They cannot produce ink. So their main form of defense is camouflage. So when they're swimming in the open, they can change color and can be of white, pink, red, or brown. And so they're not as easily spotted. So I don't know because it didn't say anything about that for the other one. Yeah. And in the movie, she remember she, she inks. inks. It's very embarrassing. Be like tooting around all your friends at school. That's like a fear toot. <laughs> fear toot. Not like a sneeze or a cough toot. And then you try to make your chair make that same And you're like, it was my shoe on my chair. <laughs> See, and you try to make it again, it just it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't. Or you just blame the kid next to you. Peter. <laughs> so the craftiest, in my opinion, is the coconut octopus. I'm not going to try to say their scientific name. You can look it up. They're small, like six inches. And my husband has seen these because they're around like Pacific Indian Oceans. They live three to five years. And so what they do is they go around and steal or find coconut shells like half coconut shells. Yeah. They're using them as a tool. Not only do they hide in them, but collect them and use them for different things, even as a hat. I'm just a coconut moving across. It's like holding the bush <laughs> and moving across the road. Well, and looking at a picture of this, they're like kind of fancy looking. Oh, yeah. They live longer for one of the smaller size octopus. The determining factor of like how long they're going to live is when they decide to mate. Obviously, that's dangerous. When they talk about octopus being smart and they talk about that they use tools, like how mm -hmm. they see like crows use tools or different apes using tools. And there's disagreement on like, yeah, are they using the tool or are they just hiding in something? They're actually like the celebrity octopuses of uh, all the octopuses because they just go incognito. They put on their like coconut hat. Yeah. And they collect different ones that are different sizes that they use for different things. They have like their fedora. <laughs> right. They're like for different <laughs> occasions. 
So the females can actually live longer because she can take the sperm packet and just carry it around from different males. <laughs> She'll only die after she actually has her eggs and they hatch, but she can live for like years carrying that sperm around. The mating ritual for these guys are a little different. They call it the faster, the better approach. Their sperm packet with their sex arm into the mantle like as quickly as possible because they'll get tangled up with the female. They're for sure going to lose their like sex arm real quick and die quickly. So they actually also have like a complex mating dance ahead of time. Been observed in the wild that the females will often strangle the male and eat them. That's kind of sad. That's why they like they call it like mate and dash. So to avoid being eaten and losing all your stuff, they just like, just take it, take it. And then they run away. (laughs) The male is called mate and dash, but the female is dine and dash. (laughs) The males will disguise themselves as females so that they can like not get murdered. Since the mating is designed to be fast and as distant as possible, they've seen female octopuses like entertaining two or more male suitors at once. So they call it a coconut octopus underwater orgy. Just throwing that in there. They're on octopus bumble. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my mate were looking for some extras. I guess the female lays 100,000 eggs. She'll like secure them in a crevasse or a crevice or some other shelter and she'll guard it until it's done and then she and she goes to heaven. That's the coconut octopus. I think they're pretty cool and super crafty. And also the sex is wild. They're just wild and <laughs> eating each other, like trying to, you know, disguise themselves, wearing a lot of different hats. In my opinion, the weirdest octopus is a blanket octopus. Does it look like a blanket? It does. You should look (laughs) it up. That's the common name. It's in a different genus, Tremoctopus, which I can actually say that one. The blanket octopus is found in tropical, subtropical waters, but they're way out in the deep waters. So people don't know that much about them. They only sometimes find them in bycatch, like in nets, but hardly see them out in the water. So there's not a lot of information about them, especially about their numbers. Oh, yeah. They look kind of creepy. They look like from uh, Fantasia, the Walt Disney Fantasia, those like goldfish that have like the super long tails. That's what they kind of look like. Yeah, they're pretty. The thing that makes them so weird, Megan, this is going to blow your freaking mind. Extreme sexual dimorphism. Let me just tell you, when it comes to size, the females are way bigger than the males. Not like a little bit, but like exponentially bigger. The adult female can be up six to 11 feet and the male, are you ready? I'm ready. One inch. Eight, <laughs> 80 to 100 times longer than the male. And if you want to think about it in like our terms, you're your size and your boyfriend is like a golf ball. I won't get too weird on that. But anyway, that is the difference. So yeah, awkward. Is the male just like its own packet? It's just a packet. I feel like a lot of men out there, their brains are like, that's not so bad. (laughs) Like, all right. When I told my husband, he's like, well, you know. I was like, stop. (laughs) Um, Wait, so the females have like a a clutch purse that they just keep their male in like a little like a little dog (laughs) that you would take with you to PetSmart. (laughs) I love it. Like a front carrier. I mean, it's kind of all happens the same. The male sees a female get as close as possible and then he'll insert his little sex arm, his teeny tiny sex arm. But things get a little freaky now because the male octopus will put his teeny tiny sex arm into her big giant mantle (laughs) 
and it snaps off. And then it begins to crawl by itself deeper into her mantle. And the females will carry that little itty bitty sperm packet, that little creepy ass crawling sex arm. It would almost be better for him if he just like fully went in. Yeah, because after that, this poor little teen guy, just heartbroken, swims away and dies. Just let it sink in. Just how crazy that is. That's like a fetish octopus. I'm yeah. telling you. So she carries around this itty bitty sex arm till she does the same thing until she decides to lay her eggs. So then she sprays them with the male severed sex arm in order to fertilize them. <laughs> She'll produce like 100,000 eggs. Oh, some potent spermatophores. Yeah. So little. So she can live as um, up to five years, I guess, until she decides to lay her eggs. And mm. the males only live like a year, two year and a half. Can she have multiple creepy arms inside of her? I think so. Yes. A lot of people are aware of blanket octopus and know that they're totally like different looking, but Mm -hmm. they didn't know they were usually armed. Armed. Get it? Sex armed. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little play on words, but also they actually are because they do this crazy thing. And even the little tiny little guys do it too. They actually rip tentacles off of jellyfish and they use them because they're immune to the stings and they use it to fight off predators. There's just like a bunch of jellyfish floating around without legs and they're like, they're like, like <laughs> <laughs> serial killers. I mean, ripping off arms of little tiny dudes and mauling jellyfish to steal their tentacles. They don't only use it to fight off prey, but they also use them to capture prey. Okay, this is the last one of my list. This is the scariest. Is the itty bitty teeny weeny little blue ringed octopus. Those are scary. I know you were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Um, So they probably get the most attention because they're super deadly to humans. I won't try to say their scientific name, although there's no THs in it, but it's Hapalokalena. Is that like Hawaiian sounding? But I don't think I'm saying it right. They can grow up to five to eight inches and weigh up to 30 grams. And they can live about two years. And they're found in the Pacific and Indian Oceans. They were discovered in 1929. Well, one thing we know about them is they're super venomous, but actually all octopus octopuses are venomous Mm -hmm. but most of them like they don't even if we got stung by one we wouldn't really feel it it might cause a mild numbness these guys actually have a toxin that is strong enough to kill 26 humans they carry around that much toxin in them just one if you got bit by a large octopus Mm -hmm. you know you would feel it and it would hurt. They say it'd be like stepping on a nail or a staple, but you would be fine. You would survive. But these guys, if they bite you, you would be paralyzed. It will paralyze your respiratory system and you would suffocate to death. There's no anti-venom for it. So if you get bitten, the best you can do, you have to get treated with stimulants to keep your breathing and your heart pumping for 24 to 36 hours until the venom will clear your system. Wow. So actually people have survived, but if you're not treated, if you're somewhere where there's no treatment, your respiratory system, you'll just shut down and you'll die. But actually, these guys are pretty mild-mannered. They don't really go looking for trouble, apparently. They kind of stay out of view. They try to avoid people. They hide. They can get caught up in situations that they can't help. Also, their camouflaging techniques. So when they're threatened, they'll turn more bright or blue, those rings. And they say, if anything, the blue ring octopus, are they're shyer than most other species compared to like other octopus. They're like super introverts. They're really pretty. They're really pretty. They'll usually camouflage themselves with the background. So if you were to come across one, you probably wouldn't even notice it, which Mm -hmm. is kind of scary. Deaths and bites from them are extremely rare. There's only been three known deaths. And two of those were Australians, one person from Singapore. But a lot of people have been bit 
and survived. If you watched that TikTok, there was this girl, Kaylin Phillips, and she put a video on TikTok of her holding, holding one in her hand. And she was completely like, had no idea. Like she found one and she was like, look at it, it's so cute. Oh, and so God. if you look it up, it's like the the TikTok is like going to Bali and unknowingly, hold, unknowingly holding one of the most dangerous animals. Luckily, it was so chill that it didn't bother her and she put it back and she was fine. Later when it was like, she showed people, they're like, good. Good God. <laughs> like you. And there's a few of those, actually. There was this other guy in Australia, and his name was Aaron Picks. He was 42 at the time. They say he was attacked by a blue ring octopus that was hiding in a shell. He was with his 11-year-old daughter and his 7-year-old son, and they were at this... Quindalup Beach in Perth or near Perth. I guess his daughter like gave him the shell and we pulled it out of his pocket at home. The octopus was in his hand. And then he found another one that was loose and in his pocket of his pants he was wearing. Oh no. So they think that maybe his leg got brushed by one of it whenever it was like one of the tentacles. And so it was only like a mild reaction, but he had to go to the hospital and all that. His quote was, it was pretty scary to think I could have been bitten and died in front of my kids on Christmas Eve. Jeez, yeah. So another British backpacker that was in Australia who was with some friends. And if you watch the video, it's kind of annoying because they're holding this. It looks like they hooked it and they're kept putting it on his arm. And he's like, ah, and then they put it on it. Ah, and I was like, man, I just feel sorry for the octopus. Like a little obnoxious. It was obnoxious, but they had no idea. Also, they were fishing in Queensland. They kept trying to get his friend to get a picture of it on his bare arm. And when they, they did get it and they posted it, this was in July, I think July of 2019, they posted on Facebook and it had 26,000 views. And he basically was like telling this seven news that we didn't realize what kind of octopus it was. We wanted a picture of the octopus on his arm so we could put it on Facebook with all their other pictures. Well, he said, I was asking everyone, was it dangerous? And everyone told me no. He's like, it's been on my mind constantly, like what could have happened. Somebody wrote on his Facebook, like on a, on a comment, now go get a pic with an Eastern brown snake and then put a funnel web spider on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> they won't hurt. Just ask your mates. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. His final comment was, lesson learned, don't F with the wildlife in Australia. I mean, just don't F with wildlife, period. But also Australia. Exactly. They're not aggressive. To avoid confrontation, they flatten their body. So you're only likely to get bit if you like mess with them. So what do you do if you do get stung? You just got to call 911 or whatever emergency. And there was a story of a six-year-old who lived. They just, they had to intubate him because everything paralyzes. Like you're fully aware, but you're paralyzed. No, oh, no. You have to get care right away. And if, if you don't, then I don't know what to tell you bad news so some quick folklore for you just to close out our octopus story the kraken finally so it's a legendary sea monster of giant size and it's said to dwell off the coast of norway and greenland its legend originates from sightings of giant squids that can grow like 40 to 50 feet in length it was first described in some writings in 1752 and a regular sonnet about the kraken it was there i'm not going to read it to you guys because <laughs> Megan, probably you should read it in like pirate speak. Sure. But another day. So another one that I thought was kind of interesting is a coral kamui. An 1800 sighting by John Bachelors said that there was a monster that attacked a ship 
emitted a dark fluid, which was very powerful and not uh, and noxious odor, confirming the myth's actuality. But the legend is that this is from Buta Toyorua, Hokkaido, in Japan. Once upon a time, some spirits cursed this area in Hokkaido. I think I talked about it in one of our other episodes. It was like this part spider, part human creature. Oh, right, right. Came to this town. It was like just causing some shit and tearing things up. And there was like blood and screaming and fear and everything. <laughs> And somehow the sea kami or repun kamui, it transformed her into an octopus and cast her to the sea. After she was cast into the sea, she like got bigger and started to consume bigger prey like whales and ships. One day, the Akoro Kamui, she ate like a boat full of fishermen. In her stomach, they called for help. Hearing the cries, the Repun Kamui ended up like poisoning her. She like screamed in agony and all the fishermen escaped. They have all these like animal people. But I never read this one where it was like a spider lady turned into an octopus lady. It's like an additional curse. Yeah. So there's another one, which is basically the sea witch from The Little Mermaid. Just for a second, I thought you were going to talk about old Greg. <laughs> no, this is like the sea witch. When you look at her, I'm like, well, that's just the sea witch from Little Mermaid. So I guess this creature, you know, it has to come from somewhere. It's like mm-hmm. Asian and Native American mythology, like legends, folklore. So they talk about like octopus people and raven people. There was an octopus retaliation. This is alien shit right here. A man from the raven tribe found this octopus tribe woman. She had eight long braids of hair. She was using a stick to prod the shore and the beach and the raven inquired, octopus, are you digging for clams at first octopus woman just ignored him after the fourth time of asking she was fed up her hair turned back to tentacles and she grabbed hold of the raven and despite him the octopus answered yes i am digging for clams these are clams am i digging for them (laughs) (laughs) just the sass (laughs) that's what it says by then the tide was coming up and the water rose higher and higher and the raven asked politely yet nervously you have answered my question octopus thank you now please let me go despite his struggling the octopus held raven fast until the water grew higher and higher at last octopus left raven for drowned who wrote this so they must be some bad translation so anyway she basically drowned raven guy. right right she's like you bug the shit out of me i was trying to get some freaking clams and now I'm going to drown you. Judgy, sassy. She didn't like him. She's like, why are you up in my business? Why do you need to know? I was camouflaging myself as a human. So Raven's <laughs> people watched the whole thing happen, oh, like snap. from a distance. Yeah. They didn't do anything because they knew he was a trickster. And the next day he was back, having easily returned from the dead. Right. But from then on, he never asked another question of the octopus again. Let that be a lesson, sir. <laughs> I don't know what kind of lesson that is. But <laughs> don't ask octopus questions. It kind of reminds me of like women in general. Like yeah. when your kids are like, mom, 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 mom. And you're like, and then your hair like turns into tentacles and you lift them in the air. You're like, what? <laughs> That's why we don't do that. No, yeah. we don't do that. The last one is from Hawaii. It's the Kanaloa. Have you heard of it? I have In the not. traditions of ancient Hawaii, the Kanaloa is symbolized by the squid or by an octopus. And it's typically associated with the Kane. K-A. Man? The K-A-N-E. The A has a line over it. Yeah, that's man. Kane. Oh, really? And it's also the name of an extinct volcano in Hawaii. 
And it comes up in their legends and chants and stuff like that. The Kane was called upon during the building of a canoe. The Kanaloa during the sailing of it. Kane governed the northern edge and the Kanaloa the southern. I went and looked it up because I'm like, isn't that Kane? I mean, I know the only reason I kind of know Kane, K-A-N-E with the line over the A is because of bathroom signs in Hawaii. Oh, right. (laughs) So I, I just like very quickly looked it up and there's two. So yeah, Kane in Hawaiian, that means male, husband, male, sweetheart, man, brother-in-law kane is also the hawaiian god of forests and trees okay so probably this is like the terrestrial kind of side of things god whereas the kanaloa is like the sea side of it right yeah it seems like he's considered the highest of the four major hawaiian deities and gives life associated with dawn sun and sky and the kanaloa they say is the god of the underworld and teacher of magic and became the leader of the first group of spirits spit out by the gods And in time, they say he led them in a rebellion in which the spirits were defeated by the gods and as a punishment were thrown in the underworld. So I guess that god is represented by like a squid or an octopus. It's pretty cool. There was some random folklore about that, but basically, I think we're good to go. I'm going to give you an organization to support. All right. Seeing as that we really don't have population numbers, we don't see any octopus that are listed as threatened or endangered. But we do know that they're affected by pollutants in the water. I decided to go with Oceana because they're a big international advocacy group solely dedicated to ocean conservation. They work at um, stopping overfishing, habitat destruction, pollution, and killing of threatened species like turtles and sharks. They kind of run all these campaigns and work all over the world. They're pretty Mm -hmm. big. But if you go to oceana.org, You can see how you can donate, but even more if you go to Oceana and just like Google Oceana and adopt an octopus, you can adopt an octopus because according to them, the octopus is considered one of the smartest animals on the planet. And thanks to its many exceptional skills, including camouflage, puzzle solving, tool use, and more, there are numerous octopus species around the world from tiny yet deadly southern blue ring octopus to the ear flapping Dumbo octopus. Mm-hmm. And many of these octopus species are vulnerable to overfishing, bycatch, and habitat destruction and climate change. You can adopt an octopus from here and they work to kind of overall protect marine mammals by stopping cruise ship pollution oh. and advocating clean, safe energy solutions. That's what these donations go towards. Depending on how much you donate, you can get like a little stuffed plushy octopus and different like little things as your donation gift. But does the plushie come with ink in it that you can squirt at people? Does the sex arm come off? Thank you. Asking for a friend. We're definitely going to do that. Um, but yeah, go check it out because I think that we should all know more about these alien creatures that <laughs> live among us. Absolutely. Anyway, I hope I didn't bore you guys to death. That's really fun. Octopuses are, um, they're really Octopodes. great. Octopodes? Yeah, let's go with that one. I like that. <laughs> Octopo- Octopodes. Right? Hmm. So I guess, you know, when you're looking, we're looking at for your emergency preparedness kit. So I'm going to take it back to your first story. Okay. And I think that this is really for the benefit of the octopus is that he should have had tiny punching gloves for every arm. Eight of them? Eight of them. For his legs too. For his, yeah, for his legs too. Yeah. That's what I think he could have I had. think like little tiny knives. Or like brass knuckles. I feel like this is something that Sam Cotton, which I don't know if he's out of New Zealand, right? When you hear his voice, it sounds, sounds New Zealandy, right? right? I feel like this is something he could create. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think some kind of defensive weapon, eight of them, could have saved that octopus. 
Yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Because I, I was thinking like, what is, what's a good emergency preparedness kit thing for like the male octopus who just lose their sex arms, but I don't even want to go into that. So right. I think we'll focus on that first story about how that guy beat up that octopus. Not very smart. Not saying he shouldn't have because he had the permit, whatever, but saying not the best idea. Not well thought out. Yeah. And not if that all. octopus could have like defended himself. So I guess... It would be like eight tiny weapons. Eight tiny of weapons. Of your choice. Of your choice. Yeah. 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 Choose your weapon. Or a different one in each Different one in appendage. You have a knife in this one, a machete in this one. A Maybe tiny... some jellyfish tentacles in another. I really like that. That's. <laughs> I mean, they do. They, <laughs> they do it. And just like spin around. <laughs> like some brass knuckles. Yeah, definitely. I like it. For defense. I love it. I'm so glad that I read about this. And I uh, thanks to our listener, Christina, who recommended this because they are yeah. amazing. We've got some other recommendations mm-hmm. recently we're kind of like got a list going i mean we're, right now we're only taking recommendations from people with the name christine or christina for this month <laughs> for the month of february <laughs> yeah just kidding no please keep sending us your ideas yeah the next one i'm going to do is also a recommendation from another listener so next time i'll try and do like a story story this was like a compilation kind of like the b episode yeah it's a lot of fun information fun facts so you sound smarter whenever you go talk to people at a dinner party at a dinner party like did you know and they're like actually Malacologists? <laughs> Actually, they lose their sex arm. It becomes severed and then they die. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening. If you're a patron, you can check out our other episode that came out last week, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And if you would like to become a Patreon, just go to our website, click the link, or you can go to our link tree and Instagram. And it's as easy as that. Just go to Patreon and sign up. It takes seconds. It's amazing. You'll become a certified and nature nerd. Another way you can support us is to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we'll send you a sticker. Be sure to give us your address on the contact form on our website or email us at you're gonna die out there at gmail.com another way you can support is go to our website and check out our sponsors see if there's anything you'd like to order there's links you can get discounts they're all zero waste or eco-friendly businesses that support us and we love them and we're not gonna read the ads but you can go check it out be sure to follow us on instagram and twitter and wherever you get your podcast stitcher click that follow button that'll help us out as well. You can also send us ideas for topics that you would like to hear. Crazy stuff you found online. You can send that to our email or DM us on Instagram. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye. it is akin to going to like a family fun time type situation uh-huh. and just like murdering something in front of a bunch of kids or something you yes. know just even if you have the permission to do that the level of appropriateness isn't quite there or going to a petting zoo and just murdering a goat in front of all the kids <laughs> just <laughs> just coming up and slitting its throat like that lady no punching that- it for an hour oh, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean. oh yeah yeah and poor octopus so my mom was really into pussy willows you know what I'm talking about? They're like, they're, I don't know. Is it a flower? It's like a piece of bark with a little white uh-huh. thing. And I would, and she would talk about them all the. She's like, look at these pussy willows. They're and amazing, like, the pussy willows. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why are you doing this to me? And it's not fair. It's just like, I went to school with a girl and her last name was Beaver. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's right? not fair. There's it's nothing not fair. wrong. Right. There's nothing wrong with that.
that's been spurtalized. Spurtalized. I like that. Spurtalized. Spurtalized by sperm. Wait, say it one more time. Spurtalized. No, 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 no. Oh.